0: The walrus was devoured by
1: the polar bear, or bolt-on was unscrewed by Trump, or walrus walrus was tossed in the air by Orca, whichever way you want to read it. We now know the true character of uh, the walrus, because after he was fired by Trump, he said that Trump lied uh, and said he actually quit. It just shows you why I was right all along, and I don't want to just get here like I was right all along, but I was right all along. I told you when I was at Mar-a-Lago the 1st December, and I'll repeat it again, And I had the honor of sitting with the president at the ice cream summit, just he and I. He asked everyone else to leave the table except me, and we talked about a lot of things. And on the outskirts of the entire Mar-a-Lago, there was a guy with a walrus-like look, circling. He couldn't even get near the buffet. Then the next thing you know, a couple of years later, a wall banger and the neocon brigades who pose as conservatives and have you bamboozled, talked Trump into hiring the warmonger neocon walrus who was john bolt on and there he was feasting now at the main table feasting at the main table there he was and a month ago i said he'll be gone within a month did i not did i not say that to you did i not tell you he'd be gone did i i predicted it two weeks ago i said to you with what's heating up in the middle east this warmonger is going to be gone because one thing i know about donald trump if i know anything he is a businessman who likes peace and let me tell you why Business does not thrive in war unless you're in the war manufacturing business. His name is not Pelosi. His name is not Feinstein. His name is Trump. He's not in the war manufacturing business. He's a builder. Stock markets collapse during wartime. He's a businessman. He doesn't need more war. He needs less war. He doesn't need militancy. He, le- he needs less militancy. So when, when Wallace was hired, I was very perturbed by it because I knew it was the wrong direction. I knew who steered him. And how do I know that he was steered by by Wallbanger, the great con man? How? Because he's been a guest on Wallbanger's show for years. And Wallbanger couldn't get enough of him. And there he was, suddenly taken in by Trump, and trying to get up wars in uh, Afghanistan, more war in Iran, or maybe one in Korea, throwing another few here and there. Because, you see, when you're a national security advisor, you have no real role unless there's something to be secure about or something to be secured. So if things are peaceful, it's like a fireman. I mean, how many firehouses do we really need? And this is not to slam firemen. How many firemen really work anymore? What do they do? Now, they're going to call, say, my husband. Okay, most of them don't put out fires. Some do. I see them in the stations. They don't eat bacon and eggs anymore. They exercise. They're all buff. They don't know what to do with themselves, collecting the big pensions, sitting there. But it's like, unless there's a fire, there's no excuse for a firehouse or a fireman. It's the same with the National Security Advisor. Unless there's a threat of war or war, they're of no value. It's a position you could do without. You, uh, you understand this? Now, yesterday's show was a catastrophically great show. People are tweeting about it day and night. And for your listening pleasure, a special treat for you today. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to replay yesterday's opening. Many of you want me to do this every day. Until I die on the air, it's not going to happen. It was a a savage that's always been there and is still there under the surface, and that's the revolutionary savage who changed talk radio forever. I went off like a rocket yesterday because I had to. When I saw it, one rotten, stinking judge in dirty black robes uh, did, and I went berserk by telling you the exact honest truth, and I'll play it for you again at the bottom of the hour because you have to hear it. It's something you have to share with everyone. Savage calls for revolution to save America. Not only to save America, when I see how crazy the American left has become, I don't mind liberal. I can talk to a liberal. I can talk to a reasonable liberal who wants to live in a reasonable nation. I cannot talk with revolutionaries who want to destroy this nation. I cannot talk with these psychotics on the Democrat side who are so disconnected from reality. That they do not want to change America; they want to destroy America. They want revolution, not reformation. They want to abolish the electoral college. They have called global warming the greatest threat to America, greater than that of the Nazis in World War II. And they think all of them—they think of themselves as uh, U.S. military landing on Normandy. That's how brave they think they are by talking about global warming. You listen to Warren or Sanders or any of the others whose names I forget. They want a $40 trillion plan on medicine over 10 years. That's $600,000 per household. Green New Deal to refit every window in America? Who do you think's going to get those contracts? Well, a certain congresswoman's husband is in the business, really glad to supply a million windows a day, and a certain uh, senator's husband is in the contracting business. A few strokes of a keypad, and there he is in the window business. He built, uh, let's see, see, vests for troops in Iraq that didn't work to protect our troops. Nothing happened, and so forth and so on. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They want to erase our border with Mexico. They want to give free health care to illegal immigrants, Medicare for all. How in the world can you vote for anybody like this? How? How in the world can you vote for a group of people that are so revolutionary and sane that they're insane? They're not, they're not real. These are academic ideas that sell on campuses amongst those children who don't know reality. And now they're up there telling us they're going to change America for the worse. And so I said the only thing that can save us is a revolution against the revolutionaries. But now let's look at the firing of Bolton today's news before we go, go get uh, too far afield here. So Bolton accuses Trump of lying about his ouster, and that shows you what a backstabber the walrus always was. I never, I never trusted the guy. Do I know him? No. Did I speak two words with him? No. But I can tell you, you can tell a lot about a man by his, hair, by his face covering. Anyone who wears a walrus beard is covering up something. And I don't know what it is he was covering up other than a weak character. But thank God he's gone. Now here's the problem. Who is replacing Bolton? See, now you need to know the inside deal here. It just came out minutes ago that the White House has tapped Charles Cooperman to serve as acting national security advisor. Now, I don't know Mr. Cooperman. I'm sure he's a fine man, and he'll do a great job as director of the key intelligence agency following the ouster of John Bolton. However, I did a little digging for you. It turns out that Mr. Cooperman has held senior positions, in defense contractors Lockheed Martin and Boeing, and served in the administration of former warmonger Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. What more do you need to know? It seems to be a revolving door of defense contractors going into national security. I don't know how you cannot see through this one. And it could be, it just could be, that although the walrus is out and orca is in, this is the Savage Nation, 855 Now, we have lots of other stuff. When you hear that, you know I'm groping already for the next story. The minute a talk show host says he has too many things to get to, it means he doesn't know what he's talking about. I rarely say that. I'm trying to hold back is what I'm trying to do, and I think the best thing I can do is take a call or two right now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready in that corner? Are you ready in that corner? Well, let's go. David in Connecticut, line one. What's on your mind, David? Go ahead, please.
2: Dr. Savage, on Saturday I went up to New Hampshire for the state democratic convention and everything you said yesterday absolutely came true for me because these people are built, building their, their minds and their passion around hatred for Western civilization in America. Yes, how is it possible that wealthy
1: Americans can hate this country so much when you know they've profited from this nation? How could a woman like Warren, or that, that character, Booker, whatever his name is, how can this guy hate our history and act as if everything about our nation is polluted and dirty, and they want to smash the nation into a million pieces? How in
2: the world can anyone vote for that? Here's a one-sentence summary of that convention. They embrace all that is foreign, and they reject all that is American. Right.
1: What more do we need to know that all of them seem to represent Mexican illegal aliens rather than American citizens who have to pay for them? How much more do we need to know that this country has been infiltrated by a foreign entity who is out to destroy it? One, one more thought. See, so you're going to trigger me again. Okay. I, I was so worked up yesterday from my opening of the show, which is like a classic now, which will live forever. I couldn't sleep last night. The words were coming back at me from my own inner mind.
2: Dr. Savage, came, guess who was the keynote speaker? Don't Wait, hold on. Where? At the convention? Yeah, at the convention. Randy Weingarten was the keynote speaker. She bumped Kelsey Gavin. Who is
1: she? What is she on? A, a hot dog stand in Manhattan?
2: She's uh, the Jimmy Hoffa of teacher unions. And here's what she spoke about. The most important thing that a teacher can do is teach about global warming and multiculturalism. That's what she said. So so
1: she's a brainwashed leftist anti-American slimeball who should be investigated by the U.S. government and immediately, and let me tell you something, and I'll say it again and you're going to trigger me again, we need to bring back the House of Un-American Activities Committee, UAC. I know this is the most controversial thing I have ever said. I'll say it over and over again. It's time to bring back... UAC, we need new hearings in Congress about those who are un American who are trying to destroy this nation. Because I will tell you something else. I'm a student of communism. I've studied them for over 30 years. There is almost no differential between the platform of Bernie Sanders, the worst man in American history. And the others, and that of the Communist Party USA of as near as two years ago, it's indistinguishable. CPUSA and the Democrat Party of today is almost identical. And how in the world the American people can't see this is very clear to me. Because the vermin and the media are exactly the same. See, I'm doing it again. I was warned by my inner doctor not to do it again, but I'll do it again. Because at a certain point, if I don't speak up, who's going to speak up? If not now, when? If not me, who? To uh, paraphrase a very famous 11th century sage. If not now, when? If not me, who? I'll be right back to take your calls at 855-400-SAVAGE. 855-400-7282. You know, the world is changing. That fact is all over our headlines. And when the world changes, it only takes one major disaster to remind us how fragile life really is. When emergencies strike, are you prepared for days without electricity and stores being closed for weeks? How about food? Are you ready for that? Well, you better act today. It's National Preparedness Month. Make a plan. I have one. I have built an emergency food storage supply, and I prepare with my Patriot Supply. They're the best. They lead the preparedness industry and sell the emergency food, gear, and water filtration products, that you're going to need at some point, trust me, act now, save $100 on a four-week emergency food supply when you go to my special website, preparewithsavage.com. preparewithsavage.com. These tasty four-week food kits last up to 25 years, so you've got nothing to lose in good storage. 25 years, and they average over 2,000 calories a day. They can keep you alive Order now. It's not a joke. Get free shipping from my Patriot Supply to discover and to be discreetly aware of what's happening. Don't ignore the handwriting on the wall. Please prepare for what's coming and save $100 right now. Go to preparewithsavage.com. Go to preparewithsavage.com. The life you save may be your own. preparewithsavage.com. Headbangers. All right, I'm going to read you the platform of the Communist Party USA, and then I want you to compare it with the Democrat Party of today as espoused by this pack of lunatics. And I'm reading it right off their website. Platform of CPUSA We are committed to the overthrow of the presently existing oppressive republic and all of its economic and social institutions. If you listen to the rhetoric of Sanders, Harris, O'Rourke, or whatever their names are, they're actually saying the same exact thing. They want to overthrow the republic. They want to overthrow all the economic and social institutions that we are living with. What does the Communist Party USA favor? I'm reading their website. The abolition of private property. That's exactly what the Democrats are calling for by seizing your assets— and applying your assets without your approval to cockamamie crazy plans like the Green New Deal, that is the abolition of your private property. The establishment of land reform programs so that the government can take over the land and distribute it for the common good. By taxing your land, by taxing your property, by overtaxing your property, by taking over your property. CPUSA, government ownership of all industrial productive forces so they can be run for the benefit of the people rather than the capitalists. Bernie Sanders called for the taking over and ownership of the energy sector just last week. Third point, fourth point of the Communist Party USA, you better be very clear what I'm doing for you today. Don't be so uh, above it all. You don't know what's going on underneath the surface here. Here's what they say. They want a foreign policy that regards the Soviet Union as an ally against capitalism. That's kind of antiquated, by the way. And then to the German people, I guess this is an old one. I don't know where this one came from. The fact of the matter is the platform of the Communist Party USA today is very similar and mirrors the platform of the Democrat Party of America today. They want revolution, not slight evolution. They want to throw out your life and replace it with someone else's life and do you need to know any more that they want to open the borders with Mexico and give free healthcare to illegal immigrants what more do you need to know tell me what more you need to know huh anything else you want to know Marilyn Donna line 2 you're on the savage nation what's on your mind
3: dr. savage I want to say your opening was phenomenal yesterday and I thank you and all of us can relate the frustration is palatable and even in the county below me, we've got a war going on in my county, Frederick County, Maryland, where the um, county council is working to undermine our good Sheriff Jenkins, who's, who's basically gotten rid of the illegals in this
1: county. Marilyn, wait, let, let me say this. We don't know that particular local race, but the communists are on the move across America, whether it's on the local level, as you are pointing out, or on the national stage, as we all know but it has not yet been defined as communism versus our way of life. That's exactly what is going on. And that's why yesterday's show was entitled Savage Sets the World on Fire to Stop Communist Revolution. Whether it is that yakky, stupid, big mouth, bug-eyed lunatic from the Bronx who came along after studying under Bernie Sanders, the most dangerous man in American political history, and is calling for the overthrow of America as we know it, or at a local level. They're all saying the same thing. And what are they saying? Think about what they're saying. America is a vile nation founded on slavery. The last I checked, the pilgrims came over here. There were no Africans here yet. So what are they talking about? What do you mean founded on slavery? The pilgrims came here because they were running from oppression in their own country. It wasn't founded on slavery. That's number one. But let's go down the whole list of lies, if you don't mind. The nation is so bad. The nation is so evil, they say, that it must be destroyed. The history of America is nothing but evil. Everything our country has done must be smashed, and we must start all over again. We must get rid of the Electoral College so that San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York determine the outcome of the election, not the American people in between the coasts. Why? Who lives in these big cities? Non-citizens! Do you understand that they're the enemy within? Do you understand that they are the enemy within? Bring back UAC. Bring back UAC.
0: Savage.
1: And now, on the Savage Nation, as promised, it gets a roll of the drums. Yesterday's seminal show, which outdid everyone in the history of talk radio and will for years to come, no one has done as good as I did yesterday. I know it for a fact. I have an ear for my own business, and I know what's good, I know what's bad. It's like a musician. You play music, you know when you did a good thing, or a mediocre thing, or you're just calling it in, or you're coughing it in, or you're just uh, faking it, whatever, or you're just trying to get through the day. Then there are days that come along that are unique, and that was one of them. I want you to listen to a piece of it right now, and tell me what you think when I say, Savage sets the world on fire to stop the communist revolution. This country is on the point of a revolution. And I don't mean a revolution about eliminating carbon. I mean a revolution about eliminating communists and liberals and socialists. There's only so much the people can take. And I am telling you right now the flashpoint if it's not been reached already, it's going to be reached very shortly. I look at the subways in New York, I look at the bar trains in San Francisco, I see bums crapping in the subway cars, urinating in the subway cars, sleeping in the subway cars, and I see vermin in office who let them do this and don't let the police do their job. Instead, they turn public transportation over to the filthiest, lowest level of humanity, lower that of an animal. And then, and then, it gets worse. A single judge... A Fabian socialist born in London who was implanted into a court in Oakland, California by Obama just overrode Trump's attempts to keep the millions of illegals out from Mexico. U.S. District Judge John Tegar just ruled that an injunction, well, I won't read the details of it, what he said is, we want as many illegal aliens in this country and as many states as we can possibly get. Let me boil it down for you out there. Let's not read the legalistic garbage and jargon put out by the most twisted minds in America, those who went to law school. So he represented the ACLU, and this one court overruled even the liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which limited the impact of this radical judge's injunction to other states, limited in the other states, the judge then overrode the Ninth Circuit and said, no, 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 I'm God. And I want as many Central Americans who cross Mexico and to enter the U.S. We also want as many Africans, Asians, and South Americans to come in as we can get. Who is this stinking judge? But the real question is, and I know what I'm going to hear. I'll tell you the tweet I put out. Unelected Judge Tigar, appointed by Obama forces U.S. to accept millions of illegals, overrides Trump attempts to save U.S. from flood. Should Judge Tigar be arrested and tried for sedition? I realize that's a radical statement, but we're living in radical times. We're living in revolutionary times. This judge is a revolutionary, not a judge! I don't care if he's wearing a black robe or a pink hat! Did you elect this piece of garbage? Did you see this man's name on a ballot anywhere? Did you see Judge Tigar anywhere? Did you say, okay, I'm going to vote for him, I'm not going to vote for him? You didn't see him. This is how dictatorships emerge. Dictatorships emerge in secret. In star chambers, Obama appointed this rat. He put this rat into a court. This one rat in a black robe is now dictating U.S. immigration policy? How is this even possible? You'll say to me, well, savage, calm down, it's the law. I don't give a damn about the law. How's that? Because he's breaking the law. We have a law that says we live in a punitive republic. You want to call it a democracy? I'll laugh at you if you want to call it that. It's a hypocrisy when a filthy, stinking bum crapping on himself has the same vote I do, when I've killed myself since I'm five years old to pay taxes, and that piece of garbage has the same vote I do. Don't tell me we're living in a democracy. We're living in a hypocrisy, and i got to tell you something. These are radical times. They're revolutionary times. And in times like this, we need a revolutionary president. And I want Trump to be the revolutionary that I elected. They have beaten him down with lies. They have beaten him down so he had to defend himself for two and a half years so rats like this Judge Tegar can run all over him. I think it was Friday night that I tweeted something about Trump, and I rarely, if ever, do because I don't want to be wrapped up in the whole Trump show. And the tweet was really simple. And here's what it said. (laughs) If you were attacked for two and a half years, lied about, threatened with prison, your family threatened, and all the while the vermin in the media magnified the lies and the false charges, how would you behave? I got about five times the number of people on that one that I've gotten in a long time. If you were attacked for two and a half years, Mr. Liberal Scum, you, you liberal bum, you! You, you rat, who went to the opera the other night in masks and stepped over the crap! You, you bums there at the opera! If you were attacked for two and a half years, if you, you filthy women with those rented dresses, were lied about, threatened with prison, your family threatened, all you phonies on Pacific Heights, and all the while the vermin in the media magnified the lies about you and the false charges, how would you behave, Mrs. Opera, with your rented dress that you gave back Monday morning because you can't afford a pot to you-know-what in, you phonies you that run this area? If you were attacked for two and a half years or lied about, threatened, your children threatened, what would it do to you? What it would do is it would detract you from doing your job and prevent you from doing the job you're elected to do, which was to save America's borders, language, and culture. I hear there was a talk show host this morning talking about no one knows why Trump got elected. No one has any idea why Trump was elected. Well, you're listening to the man who knows. The same host who doesn't know the answer to the question laughed at the Trump voters for years straight. All the great ones laughed at Trump for a straight year called you, idiots, Trumpers, trumpets, trumpeteers. Now they lick Trump's boots. They eat the dust off his shoes day and night. You think they're fooling me? How could they be fooling you? Are you people that naive? You don't remember yesterday? I'll tell you who remembers yesterday. Donald Trump remembers yesterday. He knows why he was elected. And I'm saying this to Donald Trump: You will not be reelected again unless you become a revolutionary, not a radical. Stop going to the middle. I want you to become a flaming conservative, Mr. Trump. You want to be reelected? There's only one way to do it, and that's to make the conservatives who put you in office vote for you again, or they're not going to go out and vote for you ever again. You have gone so far to the left they don't even recognize you. Oh yeah, I know. And unless they elect you, the RNC tells them we'll have socialism. While you're giving us socialism on a daily basis, big government, big taxation, big government, big taxation, one way or the other, a flood of illegals. And we're supposed to believe you're going to prevent socialism. Mr. Trump, listen to me carefully. I'm the man who you put your arm around at Mar-a-Lago after you were elected in December of 2016. And you boldly proclaimed without this man, I wouldn't be president. Let me say this to you, Mr. Trump. Without this man, you won't be president. It's that close. Everybody knows it. I don't care what your internal polling tells you. I don't care what your advisors tell you. Most of them are working against you, not for you. Yesterday, these so-called advisors that the RNC sent you away were voting, uh, working for Democrats. Well, now they're voting and working for you, Mr. Trump, aren't they? And if you lose, guess who they'll work for tomorrow? They'll work for Karl Marx if he paid them. Those are your closest advisors. They'd work for Karl Marx tomorrow if a dollar came in front of their nose. Let me tell you what the people who voted you voted for. Donald Trump, borders, language, and culture, nothing else. They didn't vote because they liked your hairdo. They didn't vote because they liked your grandiosity. They didn't vote because they liked your name and lights. They voted because you were not a politician and they hoped to God you would upset the apple cart. And you'd stand up to these vermin in the media and the vermin in the political establishment. And unless you go back to your base, Eddie will not come out and vote for you ever again. Edith will not come out and vote for you again. And that hair of a nose that you won by will be the hair of a nose that you lose by. Now, you want solutions, don't you? It's easy enough to get mad at what's going on in this country. That a single Fabian socialist judge named Tigar in Oakland, California, controls their immigration policy where no one ever heard of him, nobody ever voted for him, no one was asked, do you want millions of illegals from the depths of the jungles of Guatemala in every city in America? Nobody said to you, do you want millions of people from Central America crawling out of every crevice in America? Will you ask that? Were you given that opportunity? Is that what you want in this country? More people from the third world who we can never, ever educate? Medicate and turn into americans it's impossible don't tell me they're like my grandfather because they're not i'm sick of hearing it it's the biggest lie of our time every one of them is einstein and schopenhauer that's such crap so i have a solution to these problems and it's a revolutionary solution we need a revolutionary president for revolutionary times when you have rogue judges like judge tigar and you have rogue communist organizations like the ACLU, who should be arrested. Every leader in ACLU, I've said it for years. I've written books about them. Who the hell ever elected these radical, perverted judges? Who elected these perverts in the ACLU to run America? Did you? Do you, do you know the, who names what their names are? You know who gives them the money? Who gives the ACLU their money? You think it's lo- lots of small donations? It is, but there's lots of big donations. And one of the biggest donors to the ACLU is a gangster criminal family in America that sacked a bank. We hear a lot about the Sacklers and the opioid crisis. Well, there's a similar family that made billions of dollars busting out a savings and loan in Oakland, California. They made billions of dollars. They're the single largest donor to the ACLU. They robbed you. They took your house away from you. They ran away with the money. The bank collapsed. You don't know their names, though, do you? That's how smart they are. That's how smart all of these crooks are. They're all left-wingers. Why? Why are all the biggest crooks left-wingers? Have you figured out why they're such bleeding-heart liberals? You think a family that robbed $2.5 billion by busting out a bank and seeing people's houses taken from them, do you think they care about illegal aliens? Do you think they care about the bums crapping in the subways? Why are they all such bleeding-heart liberals? Why are so many wealthy people bleeding-heart liberals? something people can't understand. It's how they keep the mobs away from their doorstep. So the mobs throw cakes and ice and water at you. But the mobs who are stupid, that's why they're called mobs, should be outside the door of the judges in the ACLU who are decimating the lifestyle of every American. I have a lot more to say, and I can do it all in the opening and then go home for the day. People say, uh, you know so much, what would you do to solve the homeless problem? You look at the pictures of the people urinating and defecating in subways and bar trains and public transport. They're making the cities unlivable. What would you do business big shot? It's simple. It's not that complicated. You reinstitute the anti-vagrancy laws. The cops get out their nightsticks and tap them on the shoes and get them off the subways and say, get out of here, you can't sleep on the subway. And then you reopen the mental hospitals or build new ones. I don't care if we need 100 new mental hospitals. That's where the money should go, not into this carbon crap. Carbon isn't our biggest threat. Liberalism is our biggest threat. The biggest threat to our survival is insane liberalism. If that's not enough for you, turn this damn show off. Savage. So the big news of the day is this. The walrus was devoured by the polar bear. Bolt-on was unscrewed by Trump and bolted off. Walrus tossed in the air by an orca. It is big news. Now, many people are saying, oh, this shows the disarray in the Trump camp. Blah, blah, blah. Trump didn't know anything. Why did he hire him? It shows disarray. Well, my answer is quite simple. That's not true. Trump needs to adjust to the times which are changing So he hired Bolton because he thought he was the right man for the job, even though I thought he was the worst man for the job, knowing the fact that he was a warmonger, Neil who got us into Iraq. I was opposed to it. Uh, No one asked me because I'm not in Trump's kitchen cabinet. Trump does not have a kitchen cabinet. Trump listens only to himself and one other person or two other people. And one of them is a talk show host who's an ignoramus, who is very militant and doesn't know his uh, wall from his banger. Well, okay, so Bolton is out. Why? Because he was trying to steer Trump in the wrong direction. Trump adjusted. He adapted and got rid of him. What's wrong with that?
0: The Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: Got a great guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. I hope you'll be with us for a while. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of things today, uh, but the main thing I want to talk about is the insanity of the Democrats. Now, normally I don't do Democrat Republican stuff; it's boring. But when you have openly insane people espousing policies that are openly insane, stuff that you'd hear in a social science department at Harvard, uh, it's it, it's the stock in trade. For social scientists at universities across America, America is bad. Climate change is a great existential threat. That's the big word. They they like to say existential threat. It makes them feel powerful and smart. Uh, Reparations for African-Americans from every American, even those who just arrived here yesterday. We owe money to African-Americans, even to Oprah Winfrey or a baseball player or a football player who makes $800 million a year. We owe them reparations. You hear this kind of nonsense? And yet, this is what they're talking about at their conventions. Now, you think I'm making this up, but I'm not. If you were to rank the so-called candidates to push Trump out and take over the the government, who would you say is the craziest of all of them? Because I I think I've nominated the right one now. The craziest one who's raising the stakes higher than all of them is this uh, Irishman who's pretending to be a Mexican named O'Rourke. Now, his name is O'Rourke. He's an Irish guy. God bless him. But he's making believe he's not even white, because every other word out of his mouth is how evil white men are. Let me tell you something about Mexican people and Central Americans, because I know a few. They're very nationalistic. They're very um, patriotic, incidentally, not only to their home countries, but to America, incidentally. In fact, the highest number of medals of honor, the last I checked, uh, belonged to Hispanic Americans. They're phenomenal warriors, and they don't like backstabbers. They don't trust people who... Put down their own country, incidentally. He's not going to go anywhere. But he's an example of everything wrong with the uh, Democrat Party today. And if you think I'm making this up, that the Dems want revolution, not reformation, I have to play a few of these sound bites. So I think I should begin with uh, a good one. The only one of the candidates who I thought was a good one was Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii, who they pushed out of the picture already. And the reason they got rid of Tulsi Gabbard as we learned yesterday on the on the Savage Nation is because she made uh, the dunts from San Francisco look like the dunts from San Francisco that she is whose name I forget. Tulsi Gabbard was pushed off the platform in order to make way for the anointed one which uh, I I forget her, what is it? Kamala Harris. Yeah, she's not winning. Kamala Harris is not ready for prime time. She never was. She's a product of uh the uh the, the blarney machine out here in San Francisco. But nevertheless, Tulsi Gabbard made her look like what she is, kind of foolish. Here's Tulsi Gabbard, who's no longer a candidate. Well, she's not allowed in the debates anymore because she's too good. Listen to what she has to say about open borders in clip 16.
0: I don't support open borders. Uh,
1: Without secure borders, we don't really have a country. And
3: while some of the other Democratic candidates will say, well, open borders, that's a conservative argument,
0: and that's not really what's being advocated for. If you look at the practical implications of some of the things they're pushing for, it is essentially open borders
1: now that's tulsi gabbard now you know why they pushed her off the stage because she makes too much sense she's actually a real liberal i disagree with her on almost every policy but she makes sense she's reasonable she's attractive she's electable she's the only one who could have competed with donald trump rationally and they threw her off the stage that's number one now you want to hear crazy here's the uh irish candidate Peter o'rourke saying the following. I want you to listen carefully. First, I'll paraphrase what he's saying. He's saying, living close to work shouldn't be a luxury for the rich. It's a right for everyone. Wait, think about that carefully. Living close to work shouldn't be a luxury for the rich. It's a right for everyone. Are you listening to the insanity of this man? Well, listen to him in his own words in clip 22.
4: Here's a tough thing to talk about, though we must. Rich people are going to have to allow uh, or be forced to allow lower-income people to live near them, Did you which hear is that? what we've to do said? in this country
1: Stop. right now. We- Stop. He wants to bus poor people into your backyard. Do you understand that this is communism? You've worked all your life to get away from poor people. I want you to be honest with yourself. Don't tell me otherwise, because you're lying to me and everyone else. There's a reason you moved to the suburbs. What's the reason you killed yourself to get a down payment for a house, Mr. Liberal? Or you, Mrs. Liberal out there, Miss Soccer Mom. Don't make believe you're not living in the suburbs for safety. You're living out there because it's safer for you and your children. And it is. So you work very hard. You got the down payment and you move to a safe suburb to get away from the poor who you fear, rightly so. And what does he want to do? Listen to, again, I'm not creating these words. Listen to this radical, insane man, Beto,
4: again in Clip 22. Here's a tough thing to talk about, though we must. Rich people are going to have to allow uh, or be forced to allow lower-income people to live near them, which is what we fail to do in this country right now. We we force lower-income working Americans to drive one, two, three hours in either direction to get to their jobs, very often minimum-wage jobs, so they're working two or three of them right now. Listen, you liar, you. Listen, you stupid liar, you. You phony liar, you.
1: What do you think the railroads were designed for outside of metropolitan areas and buses? Let's take New York City or BART in San Francisco. Why was BART developed? It was for people who had a commute to work in San Francisco, by and large. So they built a high-speed rail system underground knowing that not everybody could live in the city because it's too expensive. That's how the suburbs developed, you moron. New York, Long Island Railroad, New Haven Railroad, moron. Why do you think the New Haven Railroad and the Long Island Railroad was developed, moron? Moron, it was developed because everyone wanted to live in Manhattan. In fact, I'm sure the poor would like to live on Park Avenue or on Sutton Place. Would you give them all a penthouse, you putts you? You lying putz communist bum, you? Give them all a penthouse on Sutton Place, because they deserve it, you. You. So what happens is people have to commute to work. When I was young, I wanted to work. I wanted to live in Manhattan, too. I worked in Manhattan. I was a young social worker. My dream was to get a little apartment in the West Village with a brick-lined wall with a garden. Very simple, but I couldn't afford it. So where did I live? In uh, some high-rise in Queens, New York. And guess what? I had a commute. By subway, which was developed to bring workers in and out of Manhattan where they worked, moron. That's what the subway was built for, idiot. How can these idiots make statements like this without people throwing stuff on the stage like rotten bananas and eggs? How does he give a speech like this? Rich people are going to have to allow or be forced to allow lower income people to live near them. They're going to, what, force you to get out of your house? Or they're going to force you to take in bums to live in your house? Does anyone listening to this show ever see the movie Dr. Zhivago, the David Lean film? I remember seeing it. I was very young. I didn't quite understand it at the time. When they showed what happened to people in Russia after the communist revolution, people who had lived in a reasonably beautiful home after the Bolsheviks took over were forced to live in the, in the basement of their own house and the rabble from the gutters were brought into their house and put into every room of their house. I have said this to snide suburban white people in Marin County, California. You think I'm making it up? I don't talk to them anymore. I can't stand them. They're all such liars to themselves. I once went to a party when I first moved out here of some kind. It was a four-bedroom, four three, four bed house. The children grew up and moved out, and they were espousing their liberalism. And I said to them, listen, do you have any idea what you're talking about? Do you know that if you keep talking like this and you let these left-wingers take over this city or this state or this country, the day will come that they will say to you, let's see, you're two white people living alone in this house. It's 3,500 square feet. You're not entitled to live in such a large space. You're denying uh, housing to illegal aliens, or we call them immigrants, poor, hardworking immigrants, and homeless people. And so the state thereby decrees that... um, in the two upstairs bedrooms, we're going to bring two ex-homeless people. Those are people without homes right now. Put them in one bedroom. And we're going to bring in two illegal aliens, which we call immigrants, uh, not, not, none without papers. We're going to put them in the other bedroom. And you and your wife will live downstairs in the living room. We'll convert it into a bedroom for you. Would you like that? Because that's what's going to happen. Well, they thought I was crazy. Well, that's exactly what Boris Pasternak pointed out in the great novel that he wrote called Dr. Zhivago. The novel was by Pasternak. The movie was by David Lean. David Lean, I think, did it. He produced it. But it's a very telling story of what's going on in America right now. We have outright open communist revolutionaries like uh, Beto O'Rourke and the others who are indistinguishable in their platforms from that of the Bolsheviks of 1917. If you cannot see that, please turn the show off because you're too dense To listen to another word, I have to say, savage.
4: What if, as we propose to do, we invested in housing that was closer to where you work, very often mixed income housing, meaning the very wealthiest are living next to those who are not the very wealthiest in this country, to make sure that they can both afford to go to the same public schools, that we really have that as a place where... Stop right
1: there. Beto is calling for busing now, but instead of busing children from uh, impoverished neighborhoods into middle-class neighborhoods, which has been tried and failed miserably in this country many times, uh, you ran from those neighborhoods. Don't don't lie to me. I don't care how liberal you are. I don't care how many Gavin Newsom's you vote for. Uh, you know, you look in their families. Do they go to inner-city schools? Has anyone checked out to see if Obama sent his daughters to so-called schools in poor neighborhoods? The last I checked, he sent them to friend's school, which is about $18,000 a year. You really believe these phony, two-faced liberal liars? What are you people? That's stupid. Let them show me that they're sending their kids to the inner city schools, and I believe a word they say. They don't. But they want you to have these kids bust into your neighborhood so your son can have himself beaten up every day, or maybe his lunch stolen from him and his teeth busted in by the people at their bus. Don't tell me that's not what goes on. I live in the real world. Don't give me the crap that they're the same. They're not. It's not the same. You got to work your way out of poverty. No one gives it to you. So he now wants to not only bus the children in, which he doesn't want to do, he wants to bus you into poor neighborhoods by bringing them to you. He's going to make it real easy for you, Beto. He's going to build housing in your backyard. And so that's Beto. And then he's gonna, he has a new solution to the problem as well. We never heard of any of the following. He's such a genius. He wants to build high-speed high rail. He never heard of it right now. Like it doesn't exist. Listen to this Schmendrick in number 24. Listen to this.
4: What if we invested, as we propose to do, in high-speed rail and in transit wow. in all of our cities to make sure that if you do not wow. have a car or do not want to use a car, oh. you will not need to have one or you car will not be bad. penalized for not having Frame one right good. now. So, so having cities that are smarter... That are go. denser. Um, that have denser. people living close. to want Calcutta where, they and work yeah. and where their families are, to oh. reduce our impact on climate, climate change. change and right. greenhouse, greenhouse gas, gas emissions. emissions. I mean, right. But also just to improve the quality of life. Um, How is the quality of built life environments. built? That's an extraordinary opportunity in, in our you plan. Know, to, you know, a man who's a glib liar make like those this
1: often could only become a lawyer or a politician. In his case, he's done both. I think. Jim, what did this jerk do before he ran for office? Does anyone know before he became a congressman? What did this schmuck do? So he's talking with with the whispers like he invented it. Ooh, high-speed rail. We never heard of it. Never heard of the uh, Bart. We never heard of uh, Long Island Railroad. He he invented it. And he's going to make cities denser. Are you listening to what the Schmendrick just said? He's going to make cities denser. He wants every person to live in a Calcutta. That's going to be less pollution, you idiot, you. It's going to be more pollution, you Schmendrick. Then he wants your guns to be taken away from you. He wants the police go, to go door to door and force you to give up your guns. He says no, he's not going to do that. And uh, this is what you're going to vote for. Now, look, it's Trump by a landslide, and there's only one person who can defeat Trump in 2020, and that's a man whose uh, name begins with a T and ends with a P. And I'm saying it again. I'm saying it over and over and over again. Stop with the tweets already. I am not the only one who's saying it. I know what the apologists say. I've heard the apologist, that he's he's the only way to reach the people, no one's for him, he's got to do it. There's a degree of truth in that, but there's only a degree of truth in that, and it's not 360 degrees of truth in that. Uh, The fact of the matter is the tweets are the most negative things he does, because very often they're purely emotional and impulsive, and they're not very thought out, and by the way, they reduce him to the level of those he is attacking. If you attack these non-entity entertainers, as he just did, whose names I truly don't remember, I'm not trying to be facetious, it brings him down to their level. What you do is you, you ignore them. I mean, I'm a minor celebrity in the country. I have a Twitter following and a radio following and a website following. I have an authorship that's followed. If I get people on Twitter who start to attack me in a stupid manner or insulting manner, I don't debate with them. I delete them. I block them. I take them off my sight. I don't waste my time by equating myself with them. Now, if I do that, why doesn't he do that? He can't let a fly walk by without yelling at the fly if the fly stings him. If the fly bites his toe, he starts yelling at the fly. That's called a distraction. It's called an optic chiasma that's slightly off. I could give him some homeopathic remedies, I'm positive, that can get him to focus on what he needs to focus on instead of the small flies who are nipping at his toes. Savage. So all of the Democrats who are running for office, with with almost no exceptions, the one exception was uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who they threw out of the picture because she made too much sense, Uh, the worst of them is O'Rourke. It turns out, in researching uh, this uh, warmest insanity person, that he's actually never held a job in his life, his uh, family has money, and his uncle is rich, and his father is rich, and most importantly, his father-in-law is rich. This bum who wants to bust poor children into your neighborhood, and wants you to move into a poor neighborhood, etc., never held a job in his life. The guy is a complete loser who speaks very well. In other words, he's a glib liar. And yet something he has in common with all of the other leftists who want to tear down America is the biggest lie of all, which is this lie about climate change and global warming caused by your lifestyle to make you guilty and feel the world's going to come to an end. Joining us right now to talk about this, the most insane platform of all, is Miranda Devine, who I uh, have been following on the New York Post, but she's an Australian columnist and writer, and her work appears in the Daily Telegraph, Sunday Telegraph, New York Post. Melbourne's Sunday Herald Sun and Perth's Sunday Times newspapers, and we're going to talk today about the debates that Dems are running and their obsession with climate change. Miranda Divine, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us.
3: Thanks for having
1: me, Michael. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, why do you think they've made climate change such a big issue when it doesn't resonate with the average American?
3: Well, because this is a touchstone issue for the left. It's their way of scaring the populace into agreeing to radical social change. This is really uh, a, a, a way of changing the economy, changing our society, a revolution. And they're using this technique, this weapon of climate change, pretending that in 11 years' time, the planet is going to come to an end. It is farcical. And, you know, even the very...
1: Mr. Vine, how do they know it's 11 years, not a 10 and a half years, or 11 and three-quarter years?
3: <laughs> it's just magic, you know. They.
1: <laughs> how do they figure it's exactly 11 years? I need to make my plans now if it's 11 years from now.
3: <laughs> exactly. They have got, they have said twenty thirty. It's funny that it's actually a round number, very handy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it comes from the United Nations IPCC, no. the, their climate stuff. And, you know, if you read, if you actually read the, the stuff that comes out of these, these organizations, uh, for instance, the Paris Climate Treaty that Donald Trump so sanely pulled America yeah. out of because it is just a globalist plot to undermine Western democracies, that climate treaty, when you actually read, it's not very long, and when you read it, you see all sorts of other issues being pumped into it. Oh,
1: no. not- oh! They use climate and the fear of the end of the world to push what? Here it comes. LGBTQ, no doubt, is the top of the list.
3: That, they haven't actually. I, that's not in there. I, I, I was surprised by that.
1: Is climate change bad for our gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transsexuals, and queer people? Is climate change worse for them?
3: Look, I know, but I do know that Julian Castro the other
1: night talked. Well, they're more about- vulnerable than everyone else, so they must be affected more by climate change. I'm being facetious because that's coming next, isn't? Cena going to have an LGBTQ town hall next month? That's the next one. The the twin uh, the twin devils.
3: That's right. That's what
1: climate change and the threats to LGBTQ lifestyles uh, are. The does that take now, you? come on, Miranda, you're an expert on political flow and what people think. Am I wrong to? To it. I don't see the average person caring that much about the climate catastrophe. Do you?
3: No. And that's why they have to be scared in, into submission. That's why you have this little girl, Greta Thunberg from Sweden, has sailed over here, and she's going to scare her generation. Mm. I think that young people that children who have had been this propaganda pumped into
1: them from an early age at school they have they have most most children are afraid of this they have, uh, but they also want to ban hamburgers plastic straws they want to abort babies in poor countries these climate zealots are very dangerous because they have brainwashed an entire generation fortunately for me i'm not part of that generation uh, but the puppet youth there's no question in my mind that the puppet youth are ready for such lies
3: They are, and they are now being weaponised. You saw the other night at that Democrat debate. uh, The questions that were being asked were by the puppet youth climate activists from the Sunrise Movement and 350.org. Now, these are shadowy organisations. I, when I was living in Australia, uh, had some inkling of what they were about because we had a big mining project, a coal mining project, that the Indians, Adani Indian Company, was putting billions of dollars into. And lo and behold, if you and your listeners remember the WikiLeaks uh, dump of John Podesta's emails, in those emails were some very interesting tidbits about the Sunrise Project, which really is uh, part of the Clinton Foundation, the Sandler Foundation.
1: Oh, Sandler, the good old Sandlers.
3: Yeah, they're
1: all in, in... Now, wait, aren't the Sandlers the uh, World Bank savings uh, goneffs? I don't
3: know. You probably know
1: more about them. Well, no, the Sandlers, weren't they involved in the World Bank that went belly up and cost people their homes and they walked away with $2.5 billion? Of course. Don't oh, it's them. It's the wonderful Sandler family from the Bay Area. What great, you, what great, wonderful people they are. Uh, so why are the Democrats hitching their, their wagons to such... I would say movable stars. The average person doesn't buy this, do they? The I, I don't mean the puppet children. I don't mean the puppet youth. The voters. Do the voters resonate with this stuff?
3: They don't, and that's why this is so insane. And it's why the DNC refused to hold an official climate debate. And somehow the, the front-running Democrats, 10 of them, were gullible enough to get conned into what was really an ambush by these Sunrise Movement, these climate zealots. And then they are on stage, on live television, and they are locked into very radical extreme positions, which the voter, the average voter, is going to reject. It really doesn't make any logical political sense, but in order to get the nomination, they have to do this. The problem for them is we know that the Democrats have always tacked left, uh, to, you know, until the winning candidate comes back and then tried to tack right or to the centre to be appealing electorally. But in this particular case, it is going to be impossible for them to come back to the centre because Donald Trump is going to remind them every single day and tell the voters these people want to ban meat. They want to ban cars. They want to ban incandescent globes. You know, he talked about that the other day. In North Carolina I mean, don't forget
1: don't forget the straws they want to ban they, they in San Francisco you can't get a plastic straw uh, I don't know if you ever try to drink out of a, a, a soda out of a, a the straw they have the, the taste is horrible well, they you know it's odd is they banned plastic straws here but they let them have uh, hypodermic needles they haven't banned the hypodermic needles which are thrown all over children's playgrounds and in the streets of San Francisco Let me ask you something. How green are these people in reality when a solar farm takes up 450 times as much land as a nuclear power plant for the same energy? Hasn't anyone done the basic math?
3: Well, they don't, and that's right. Uh, Solar and wind, they pretend because they seem like they're nice, squeaky clean. They do. They do. But they actually aren't. I mean, the, the wildlife that has to get wiped out so that you can have all these enormous solar farms, um, the bird life that gets uh killed running into these windmills
1: yeah we 're losing a lot of uh, of uh, avians as a result of the windmill farms all over the world. I know it 's a big problem in Scotland, for example. the birds are just uh, apparently too stupid to know not to fly into a fan well, uh, you know, something they 've never they 've never seen in the, in, the, in the hundreds of thousands or millions of years of evolution are these uh, so are these windmills all over the place? Do they not understand that there are consequences to their decision-making?
3: They don't care because the whole motive is to get rid of the cheap fossil fuel energy that has underpinned America's prosperity and that has made America energy independent and means that, uh, unlike was the case before 9-11, America is now no longer dependent on Saudi Arabia and Middle Eastern oil.
1: You know, that's an interesting point. Miranda, we were hearing that we were dependent on Saudi Arabia. The Arabs had us over a a barrel. And then Trump comes along and he frees the energy market. We, uh, fracking, of course, started before him. And we have all this energy and we're actually exporting energy right now around the world. Do you think, and this just dawned on me, maybe I'm onto something here. Maybe you know more about it than I do. Do you think that the oil producing nations, the cartels in the Middle East, could be funding some of these left-wing fanatics in the solar business.
3: Well, that's a very devious thought, and I would not be surprised because um, you know the the fossil fuel industry is opposed to nuclear because nuclear is such a clean and uh, you know brilliant energy source that requires so little input and the waste is so tiny, um, even though it does last a long time um, that. They, there is some suspicion that the fossil fuel industry is in cahoots with the renewable industry to ensure that nuclear never gets a look in. And if you notice, nuclear energy, which is the cleanest of all, when you're talking about carbon emissions, carbon dioxide emissions, is never talked about by any side as being a positive. Although, to be fair, um, there were, you know, Andrew Yang. Uh, was all for uh, nuclear the other night, and uh, I think so was Cory Booker because New Jersey, of course, has quite a lot of nuclear um, capabilities. So there were Democrats who were into it, but the front runners, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, are implacably opposed to nuclear. And
1: do, what percent? The last I read, France ran largely on nuclear energy. It's one of the most advanced nations on earth with regard to use of nuclear energy. Israel runs on nuclear energy. Many countries do. We in America, what percent of our energy here is nuclear derived? Do you have any idea? Is it 20%? I don't know what it is.
3: Look, that sounds about right. I know that France um, ha- produces about one tenth the amount of carbon emissions as Germany and pays about half as much for electricity. And, you know, Germany's the.
1: But, Miranda, this issue of carbon itself is a falsehood. Carbon is not the enemy of the earth, it's, it's a complete misnomer. Which we all know is, is carbon is not a a product of warming, nor does it cause warming. And in, we've studied this. The fossil record is, is clear on this. You can't have a carbon-free world because it's the core of all living creatures. Well, that's it for now for the moment. I, unfortunately, are, com- are compressed by the time. I suggest to all my listeners, look for Miranda Devine's articles. You can find them where in America? Mainly the New York Post, Miranda?
3: Yeah, the New York Post. Yeah, I'm based here
1: now. Are you in New York now?
3: I'm in New York now. Yeah, I'm living here now.
1: How's the weather?
3: Um, it's uh, been pretty steamy today, but the sun's starting to come out, and it's uh, cooling, cooling off now, the weather. It's
1: getting quite Oh, warm. you can feel a little bit of the, of the seasons coming back. Yeah. Gee, I thought all the seasons were, were gone. I thought there was no longer going to be a summer, fall, winter, spring. I thought all that was blown up because of Bernie Sanders' hot air coming out of his seltzer <laughs> bottle. Miranda Devine, thanks for being with us on The Savage Nation. Savage. Of course, right now we're coming into the last few minutes of The Savage Nation. The big news of the day is that uh, uh, the walrus has been devoured by the polar bear and bolt-on was uh, unscrewed by Trump and thrown out the door or the walrus, if you wish, was tossed in the air by an orca. And what came out late in the day is that Trump has now reached out to his ex-advisor, McMaster, who he fired to hire Bolton, which is very interesting. As President Donald Trump began losing confidence in National Security Advisor John Bolton, whom he fired today, he reached out to the man he had fired to give Bolton the job, retired Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster. Now, as far as I'm concerned, H.R. McMaster is the real McCoy. He's a lieutenant general. Uh, while uh, Bolton is nothing but a lieutenant of the media, nothing else, not even a general of the media, just a lieutenant. And so if you read the whole story, what it comes down to in plain English is that uh, Bolton was too big for his britches, and he was vying with the president for power and control, which I saw from a mile away. He's the kind of guy who always wants to upstage everybody. You could see it in his mustache. And they fought over real issues. And Trump said, according to a former White House official... The president view is this. I run Iran. John may think he runs Iran, but I run Iran. Now think about this. Here is the president of the United States having to reaffirm that he's actually running foreign policy, not the man with the, uh, with the walrus look. Trump and Bolton, we find, have also different over North Korea. In fact, just weeks into his tenure, the mustache angered the president by suggesting a denuclearization deal with North Korea could be modeled after the one the U.S. had achieved with Libya. That freaked out uh, the leader, Kim Jong-un, because you know what happened to uh, Mama Gaddafi. He was killed eight years later after the U.S. intervened to prevent the slaughter of pro-democracy demonstrators. So when you compare Libya to North Korea, as Bolton wanted to do, North Korea freaked out. Trump had to call Kim Jong-un and clarify and say, quote, the Libya model isn't the model that we have at all when we're thinking of North Korea. So that was number two. But it got even worse because Bolton kept going to the media because his good friend The wall banger is a big shot at Fox News. Every time you turned around, there he was, espousing like he's running the world. And uh, Trump saw this and didn't like it. So now, by the time it came around, uh, he had to go back to McMaster for some of his opinions. And I don't know where it's going to end up. I know who he appointed. It came out today that he appointed a guy who has a background with uh, Lockheed Martin and with Boeing, which tells you where we're going uh, tomorrow. Ultimately, that's not a good choice either. I don't know why you would pick someone in the defense industry— to work as national security advisor without expecting more trouble with foreign adversaries instead of less trouble. This is Michael Savage. You can visit me online at the Savage Nation or wherever else I am seen on social media. Thanks for listening. Be here or be nowhere.
0: The Westwood One Podcast Network.